I'm Romus. And I'm John. We're with Coop. And you are now listening to Truck and Hustle. What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. He brought two, we got those rented out. He said, okay, I'll give you one more. He put three on now. So now he's making about 9,000 a month, passive. I won't say sitting at home because he has other work going on, but he's not actively moving loads, dealing with uh, drivers or dealing with anything like that. And he's making, you put it at, if it does well throughout the year, he could be making, you know, 90,000 a year by renting out a truck. Turn my mic up. Take there, yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges, good friends become foes and snitches, better watch who knows in your business. All right, all right, all right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode, and today we're going to talk about some opportunities for passive income in trucking, right? Yeah, so everybody wants to know how they can make some passive income, how they can leverage their equipment, leverage what they're already doing to make more money. That's what it's all about, right? So I have the gentleman here from what I thought was co-op, but it's actually Coop. Coop. It's Coop. Yeah, Coop by Ryder. Coop by Ryder. And, you know, Ryder has a special place in my heart because back in the day, your boy used to work for Ryder. Ryder, R-I-L, Ryder Integrated Logistics. I was there for about... Seven years, met a lot of great people over at Ryder. Um, definitely cut my teeth in transportation and understanding the business. So, you know, I, I, I got some love for Ryder, yeah. man. So it's good to see some more Ryder folks in the building. Um, first, introduce yourselves, guys. Um, starting with you, Ramos. Okay. My name is Romus. Romus. Um, yeah. Romus. Yeah, you're good. No worries. You, you, you let me can't yeah. sabotage you. <laughs> well, you, you got Romus. a unique name like I do. So you just get used to just accepting it. Exactly, like There's exactly. people in my own office that call right, me, right. and I'm just like, all right. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've been with Ryder slash Coop going on, I guess, five, six years, maybe, I think, at this point, between the Ryder and Coop side. Um, Coop, I've been going on three years, probably a year or so, year and a half after inception. So okay. have we really had the ground running. Okay, solid. And you, sir? I'm John, and I've been with Coop for about seven months now. Seven months? Yeah. Seven okay. Months. So you're, you're new to Coop. To Coop, yeah. All right. All right, gotcha. What were you doing before, before Coop? I joke that being from Texas, I've done uh, I've done some pretty Texas things. I worked Texas in oil. Things. I worked in uh, oil and gas. Cool. Then I worked with diesel engines, and then I worked with stakes. So you got oil engines and stakes. Okay. So yeah, uh, that's Texas. pretty Texas, yeah. All right. So I've done a, a few different things. Um, I used to I studied supply chain, and I was involved with the diesel engine. That's where I got into trucking to an extent. And I went off and helped the family business for a bit, then got back back into trucking. The so. family business was that Brazilian steakhouse. So it was, that those were the steaks. Hold yeah. on. So Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> that's whose family business? My father started it. The Brazilian steakhouse. Your father? Uh, well, he oh, started a Brazilian steakhouse. Yeah. Okay. In, I, I, in Great it sounds like a, like a big like a chain or something like that. Is there a place called? Yeah, there, there's quite a bit. So there's a few chains. Okay. I don't want I don't want to give them free advertising, but okay. uh, he was the third one in the U.S. to open. Okay. The, right. That concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's so, pretty pretty dope. Yeah, man. like 21 years ago. 
Okay, cool, nice. Brazilian so, cigars. Yeah, so, so whenever we go to one, he knows like all the hidden tricks, <laughs> like stuff that they don't let you know that they have back there. Yeah, he's yeah. always like, "No, you make sure you get asked for this." They their, got their strategy to it. Yeah. Got it. Got it ain't it. just sit there green and red and wait for it. There's stuff. There's stuff hidden <laughs> yeah. in the back you don't even know. I believe that. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. All right, awesome. All right, so let, let, let's let's get into it. Let's talk about these opportunities with Ryder Coop. Ryder Coop. Um, first of all, what is Ryder Coop? Let's 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 get into that. You were there. Sorry from the yeah. Beginning. So Coop started with the idea, you know, such as RIL, your lease customers. They a lot of lease customers in a given year. They're not running three sixty five. You take a fireworks company. Now, being from the south, obviously fireworks are used for every holiday occasion, you know. But you take Fourth of July, you take Labor Day, Memorial Day, your big kind of firework holidays. Outside of that, what are those trucks doing? They're just sitting there collecting dust, you know, basically storage at best for the fireworks they're doing. Well, Ryder devised a plan. Why don't we allow those customers to put their trucks to work so to earn extra revenue, a.k.a. pay off those lease payments when they're not even using their truck? Because think about the month of August. What really in the month of August is their firework season? You know, not till Labor Day or whatever Memorial Day rolls around. Do you do it after Memorial Day? I mean, people don't shoot off fireworks or Halloween, really. So after that, you're really from let's just say Memorial Day or Labor Day, September 1st or to the 4th. After that, you're going till New Year's before a real hot, you know, firework, heavy duty nationwide holiday or firework type episode. So for four months, those trucks kind of just sit there. Right. So one of the things that Ryder devised, again, take those trucks, rent them out to an RIL customer that may need extra capacity, help pay off that lease payment when they're not being used. And now, you know, a fireworks company, let's say technically uses their truck 90 days out of the year, can pay a full year's lease payment and really never even, you know, only have only actually have to use their trucks 90 days a year. Well, that developed into owner owner operators. You own a truck. I own a truck. You know, I own two trucks. My truck breaks down. You know how the rental game works. Sometimes it's harder to, you know, a truck's supposed to be done in a week. Well, okay, I'll sit for a week and let it get fixed. Well, then it's two weeks. Now we're in the world we live in with part shortages. It's almost better to go buy a truck than just sit there and wait because you can't wait a month for that truck to come back in on the thing. They'll buy a truck. Well, now I have two trucks. I don't want to sell that second truck in case this happens again. What can I do with this second truck? I can go find another driver to partner up with me, or I put it on coupe and I rent out that truck. So I basically have an Airbnb, what we call ourselves the Airbnb of trucking. I have an Airbnb that John's running for his trucking owner operator. And I have my truck. If my truck breaks down, hey, John, I, I can't, I need my truck back. And then boom, I've got my truck that's been making me money, paying itself off, making me a little extra revenue on the side while I'm continuing to be my own owner operator. And then the big evolution hit. Okay. You're not. Yeah. Then your non-trucking guys started hearing about all this passive income. In the world we live in in 2022, everybody's looking, you know, there's 8 million ways to make money in this world. So basically what you had these non-trucking companies guys started doing, you have hedge fund managers, you have house flippers saying, I can go out and buy, you know, we have a guy in Georgia right now. He started with three trailers. He's up to 16 trailers. And his primary focus in this world is kind of, remodeling homes, doing stuff like that. Trucking is not what he does. He went out and bought 16 trailers, rents out 16 out on Coop, makes about a grand, maybe a little more on Coop, makes 16 grand a month just renting out trailers. And he does his own normal house flipping and everything else on the side. It's just mm. a way to make extra money. And then it just started exploding from there. You know, well, I use the, I say the same thing a lot, but like Uber, people forget where Uber started and where it is now. You know, Uber started me and you doing this on the weekends. Well, hey, somebody, I'll drive him to the airport, make a little extra money and I'm done doing it. 
then Uber turned into a full-time job, right. you know, right. Airbnb. It used to be just rent out my basement on the weekends to make a little extra money because I got this basement nobody uses. Now people go out and buy homes, condos, you know, townhomes, whatever they can get their hands on and literally just rent it out 365. And Coop is basically, in this world, Coop and the trucking market came at a good time because it is not uncommon for people to share equipment or to buy equipment right. and let other people use it, you know. So you don't have to be a rider just to rent out a truck. You can be Romus Hicks. You can be John Mathis to rent out a truck. You just own a truck or rent it out. Got it. Okay, cool. Great, great description. So um, let, let, let's start with this. So I got, I got a lot of questions. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. We're ready. Saying, We're I'm ready. taking all of this in. I'm just kind of trying to dissect it. So you said this started originally when? When was the first inception of this whole? Um, I would probably say five. five years ago when it was really just Ryder came with the idea, how do we get this off the ground? And don't get me wrong, five years ago, I mean, you had a, those are $150,000 assets that people are like, I don't know, I'm not letting Roman Six drive my truck. I don't know who right. the heck this is. What is his trucking experience? Blah, blah, blah. So it took people a while to get on to release their babies, you know? And again, there's, I mean, a lot of it too is like when you buy 10 trucks, you bought 10 trucks because you plan on using them, you know, like, there maybe there's that misconception of like, well, if I'm not running 10, 10 trucks, maybe I failed in some way. So people have that hard time of saying, no, we're not saying you messed up, but if you're running it, let's just say take an RIL, have a thousand trucks. I'm running at 90% utilization. That's, I mean, anybody would love to run at 90% utilization. That's still a hundred trucks that just sitting around collecting dust that you ain't moving. Yeah. You know, and that's a lot of money. You're talking about a hundred thousand dollars sleeper. That's a million dollars just sitting there not making money for you. So yeah. if you can even rent out half of that, which we do, we rent out to RL Ross, RL, you know, you name it. We've run, we've probably done with RL, but you know, RL comes and takes 50 of those trailers off your hands. Well, that's, you know, what did I say? A million dollars, that's half a million dollars worth of equipment that they just took off your hands. And now we're actually making you money off that, Got you it. know, that equipment. Got it. Who else is doing this in the space? Are you guys the only people doing this? There's a few that popped up. Um, After you guys? After, yeah. So Coop was the, the first one that created this truck sharing, peer-to-peer -peer sharing space. It's all business to business. And some of the competitors do things just a little bit differently, but they popped up after. Um, it seems like they came more from like that crowdfunding startup type environment. Mm -hmm. And Coop was grown within a 90-year-old infrastructure. Right. So there's that advantage to it to where we still act as a startup. We're very flexible um, we can adapt and make changes quickly, but our infrastructure is using that rider infrastructure that you know well. So our competitors are kind of starting from uh, ground zero. Some of them are doing pretty well, but they, they're seeming to like one focuses on relocating equipment mm -hmm. one ways, right? We could do that as well, but that's their focus. So it seems like they're taking pieces. Uh, some do Ford F-150s, which... We don't do necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. We do commercial equipment. So there are some out there, but they're doing it a little bit differently. And okay. their infrastructure is different. They have, from what I heard, let's say uh, 25 or less employees, coops above 90 now. Okay. So we're, we're nationwide and such. And so it's just a little bit Different the different. way they're going about it. All right, got it. Yeah. You guys do tractors, tractors and trailers. Yeah. So, and, and any is there anything else like any anything you can name? So anything you can name on the market, any equipment type. Gas. Right. I mean, you can talk gas haulers, flatbeds, um, car, car haulers, haulers uh, sprinter vans, uh, yard dogs, or I don't know what you know. Everybody's got their own definition of what a yard yeah. dog is, but okay. 
dry vans, reefers. I mean, any type of trailer you can come up with, any dump trucks. I mean, we've had right. people that have dump trucks and we can do F-150s. Now, we are business to business, so That's everything it. has to be commercial equipment, DOT. So I could not have an F-150 just throw it on coupe. You know, I'd have to have a DOT for that We because we are strictly business to business. So Roma 6, the person, could not just say, I'm a trucker now. I want to go rent a truck. There's good money in this. No, you better have. We don't just allow you to be Romus Hicks LLC. You have to have driving history records. We check driving history. We check credit history, all that stuff. Can you even afford to be written? Does right. your driver history like show that you're not going to go do a, you know, a donut in the middle of I-75, you know, and stuff like that. So, right. you know, you're renting other people's babies. So, I mean. So, so that's the, the requirements that you have for the actual rent, renter. Renter on the renter but side. What, what are the equipment requirements? Are there any, it has to be a certain year, certain models. T- talk, talk about that. There's not uh, necessarily like Uber, for example. There are different restrictions, from my understanding, on years and such. Mm-hmm. We don't have that, but obviously it needs to be road ready. And we do get all the documentation to make sure everything's up to date. Okay. We provide recommendations on the pricing. The owner ultimately determines his pricing, but we have the data behind to show him, hey, if you price it at this, this is what's been making money practically in the end. If they want to price it double or triple, it might sit there forever. Okay. But if they have like a 99 equipment and someone else has a 2020, it's a rental market, right? So the 2020, depending on the pricing, is actually going to go out always first. Okay. Depending on the need and such. But there's not a requirement per se. There is a lot of guidance. For Got sure. it. So you, you pretty much put anything on the platform. And this is like a, a marketplace, right? For the most mm-hmm. part. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a platform. It, it's a platform yeah. marketplace that is roadworthy, right? And, and the person who is supplying that equipment has to supply the information to you. So you, yeah. you guys, are you guys doing the DOT check? I mean, checks for uh, making sure it's roadworthy? Or is that something for the user to supply with you guys and then you check it out? Right. So let's like say go through a process like we're going to send it to yeah. our coop yeah. shop. Coop's going to have a guy check it out. Or, you know, not on the equipment piece. Okay. Not on the equipment piece. And that's where we, we use Airbnb to a large extent. Renting out someone's apartment, Airbnb doesn't go and check out the apartment and stuff. But they, they do make sure from documents and photos and such that it is ready to be rented out. But we don't go to the vehicles to check them out per se. Um, through pictures and also through the registration DOT inspection. That's what we use in order to make sure everything lines up. Make sure it lines up to the owner of the equipment, make sure it's theirs. That's pretty important as well. Yeah. Uh, So we do all that, but we don't go out physically to check on the units. Okay. What about liability in terms of insurance on these equipments? How how does that work? If somebody, I rent somebody's equipment, I damage it, who's responsible? Right. Talk about that. Yeah, on the owner side, uh, for trailers per se, we don't require insurance, but most owners do go with insurance and that's on them to provide that. Okay. We do have requirements for power units as an owner, right? But since they're not uh, moving cargo, they're not dealing with drivers, they're renting out equipment, usually they just go in like non-trucking liability. Okay. So we work with some insurance partners and we provide that information. They can connect with them and get that all resolved. On the renter side, they need to either come with their own insurance. We are here live at OTR Solutions HQ. I'm here with my partner, Jonathan. Man, listen, factoring is an integral part of the transportation industry. Why is factoring important? Absolutely, Ramel. In this economy, in this market, cash flow is king. Cash flow is the key to growth. 
If you have a young trucking company or if you've been in the industry for years and you want to take that business to the next level, we're absolutely a company that can help. So I hope you'll give us a call today. Let us know what we can do to help you out. Get the rest and roll with the best. Let's go. A million minimum liability, 100,000 physical damage, or they have to buy rider's insurance. Okay. So the rental is covered regardless. That's why the owner needs the minimum, right? Because on that rental, it's going to be covered either by the renter's insurance or through rider's insurance. And within COOP, we have the claims department. We have roadside assistance, 24-7 roadside assistance, which goes back to that rider infrastructure I was telling you about. Nationwide, we have 24-7 roadside assistance for sure via rider, but it's given to Coop's renters and owners. So those that's the, the team that we have internally in order to make sure everything runs smoothly. Okay. What, what, what are your strongest markets? Where are people, uh, you know, where do you see the most equipment being kind of placed uh, from what areas of the, of the so so I'm not just saying this because I'm from there, but Texas is the number one market. Okay, uh, then I would say Georgia and California yeah. are two and three. But Coop started off in Rumis. I mean, he was here for it. Coop started off with the proof of concept here in Atlanta. Okay, yeah. and it's still one of the top two. I would say number two, number three market. What is the most popular piece of equipment that's being uh, put up for rent? Right it. now, probably trailers would be. Yeah. I mean, at this market in 2022, trailers are, they're impossible to come by. So many manufacturers are just pushed out to 2023, 2024 before they're even rolling trailers off the line. That's probably, I would say, bang for your buck. That's the highest yeah. volume rental. I mean, what type of trailer? Just a 53 foot drive in. Just a drive in? Yep, just your average drive in. I mean, okay. you know, 53 foot swing drive in, you know, and go back to age, for example. Like we have a lot of, owners with 2008 trailers, you know, now we see the pictures. If a renter, if John goes to pick up that trailer and he's like, man, this thing's a dog, yeah. like tires are drunk, <laughs> run off the, you know, rims, whatever, blah, blah. I call up the owner and say, Hey, I don't know what picture you sent me, but this ain't matching up. Right. And like, you know, and then it's just like Uber, the worse your rating goes down. Ain't nobody yeah, picking you. Airbnb. If you're, if you're renting out a dog, you know, and nope, the ratings just stink over and over. You know, that lets us know immediately something's not adding up, you know. And so if you put on a 2012 sleeper, we try to steer our owners like, hey, 2016 and above. Once you get past there, you're really you're getting into a different world. I can't put a 2012 and compete with a 2019. But if you are, because people do have 2012s that are in good shape. They redid the engine on there. And so as long as there's no Romus Hicks picks it up and breaks down five hours down the road, call over and over, we keep running them. But, yeah, I'd say trailers are number one and tractors probably I mean, tractors are probably number two at this point right now, okay. just because... Any particular type of tractor? Day cabs, probably. I would day say cabs, day cabs. Yeah. Everything's automatic. I will say that. For people that are yeah, thinking like a coupe, yeah. like nobody drives manuals in this world. I mean, I can right. tell you, you know, I remember when, we, when I actually worked at a rider, like moving manuals around the yard was like, you only had like 10 people that could actually do it. So like when it was <laughs> my turn, I'd be there like, Romans, can you go move that? Like, like I could drive a manual. And like, it was just lucky that I knew how to do it. But I mean, there were so many people that just don't know how to drive manuals. And now... I mean, here we are five, six years later, and I don't even know if you could find a manual on a rider yard anymore in these days. In this yeah, world. it's probably pretty tough. How many pieces of equipment do you have within the system? Do you know the actual number? Yeah, so in the system, it's about 10,000. Okay. And of course, with some owners, some are doing it full time, and then some are putting it on during um, non-peak seasons and such. So the, all the 10,000 isn't active. It fluctuates. But you could put it at about um, 15 to 20% of that are active listings 
either rented out or available to be rented out. So 1500, 2000. Got it. Why would a person work with Coop as opposed to renting themselves independently? As their other options, like why don't they go to Ryder or Penske? Well, yeah, why would they just do it themselves? Like just rent it. To oh, on the owner's side. Yeah, on the owner's owner side. side. Yeah, yeah. Why would they just? Because I'm sure that there's a portion of the yeah the, the proceeds that you guys take, right? sure, which we'll get into. Sure. But why would it just go direct and say, hey, let me find some people, you know, people out there on the road. They need trailers. Let me go direct, you know, directly to you and cut you out. So some do. Some do. And some are able to deal with um, that aspect of the business. I mean, not everything runs smooth, of course. So there's uh, people who don't pay. So now you got to go after payments. Uh, let's say they roof your trailer. Now you got to deal with that as well. Let's say they steal your trailer. So you got to deal with that. So it's not that they can't, but is do you want to deal with those headaches? Mm. Uh, I think the best example is dealing with leasing companies we have leasing companies that are owners on our platform right why do they use us for what extra reach i mean we're giving you access to riders customers just to be blunt i mean (laughs) that's a pretty simple equation there yeah Yeah. um so they get an extra reach and demand 24 7 uh visibility on the platform so if you're renting it out yourself the only time that they're going to know if you have something available is if they call you Unless you have a platform, you know what I mean? Yeah. On the platform, someone can log in at midnight and book your book your a reservation with your unit and pick it up in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's available and or visible 24-7. And then the other piece of it, of course, is the uh, claims, roadside, that whole aspect of it. So the leasing companies we work with, they're doing fine. They've been doing it maybe for 20, 30 years, for example. But... Why not put a portion of it, make extra money and not have to deal with payments, uh, not have to deal with any claims, not having to deal. They don't call the owner directly. I mean, they go through coop. So it's the headaches aspect of it. That's an advantage as well. But I mean, I got some people that tell me I'm just going to do it myself. And right. I mean, I applaud them. Yeah, do it. That's great. If you need yeah. anything, let me know. Um, but that's great. And then other ones who want to try it out and other ones that do half themselves and half with coop. Okay. So it's flexible in that aspect, but that's a, those are the reasons we hear why people want to utilize coop because leasing companies can do it themselves as well, obviously. Yeah, for sure. For but, sure. How does the process work? I, I'm a, I'm a owner operator. I have, you know, a couple trucks, a couple trailers. I want to work with you guys. How do, how do I get into, into uh, leasing or renting with you with coop? Yeah, so it's super simple. Actually, the app is available on uh, via the cell phone, of course, okay. or online on the website. And um, there's a tab that says list the vehicle. And that's what initiates the whole process. So internally, someone within our team receives the ticket, ticket gives, you all, gives you a call, and then goes through the list of equipment you have available. What market are you in? Then obviously has to go through expectations in terms of how much can it potentially make. So all the right questions are actually in the in the website, but it's the same questions that you're asking as well uh, about insurance, right? About claims, about roadside, about how am I going to be paid? How do I know the renters are vetted out? So that conversation is had, of course, but to list the equipment is actually very quick. But that's how someone can get started. I mean, at any point in time is just by um, submitting the form online and uh, going that route. Now, if someone wants to buy equipment, then there's more conversations, obviously, because they're probably going to ask, what should I buy? What's the number <coughs> one equipment rented out? 
what market should I put it in? So those are more conversations, obviously. So there's the conversations for people who want to start off or buy more equipment and the people who have equipment. Yeah. But we can get someone set up and going if they have all the documents and such within a um, couple hours. A couple hours. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then if the demand's hot, I mean, it could be rented out the next day. Got so, it. Yeah, okay. Man. You wanted to add something? Oh, I was just saying, like, to that point, I had a guy that with a 2017 uh, automatic day cab that he called me up. He'd been running his tractor for a while. And said, so, same scenario I told you about. He had two trucks that he ended up purchasing, or second one. And, you know, finally just his driver went on and did another thing. So he had said, and I said, well, is this ready to go? Because chances are, the minute I load this, it's going to be rented. Yeah. We loaded it about three in the afternoon. He had a reservation by the next morning. And he was like, well, we're going to have to wait a couple of days. And I was like, man, I told you, like, those things, like, an automatic day cab is going to fly off the shelf. Like, and so that was, you know, not even a 12 hour time frame before. I mean, it was a conversation. Let's get my cap because he was a renter. He had never done the ownership side. Okay. Um, and by the time he decided to add his tractor, I, I tried to tell him, I was like, but they're going to come like you build and they're going to come. And that thing was already rented yeah. had a reservation on within 12 hours. And he had to, he was like, I didn't expect it to happen that fast. I was like, all right, that's fine. But what day is it ready? You right. know, cause people are going to do it. And then I call the renter back and say, Hey, you know, this is what happened. It's going to be ready at five PM. You, you, you cool with that? And most renters are, they'll be like, all right, that's fine. As long as I got it that day. And so everything worked out fine, but yeah. it's fast. How It's very quickly how from, you can go from a renter to an owner real easy. On the owner side, the renter side takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Okay. Is there a way to stand out on the platform above others? So we're we're in this big marketplace with all these trailers, all these pieces of equipment. If I wanted to be a power user, I wanted people to see my equipment before anybody else because I want to get it out faster. Is there any way to do that? Yeah. So um, logging in on the app or on the website, you'll see a, a star by the name of the company. And that shows as a preferred account. Okay. And so that's usually based off of ratings, just like um, anything else, Uber, Airbnb, Uber Eats and all. And then those listings will show above other listings. So it's performance driven for sure in that aspect on the search results. Because okay. we do get asked that question. How, how does mine show up first? Yeah. It's going to be based off performance. And then um, dedicated units. We have units that are 100% dedicated to coop. So they're not coming off. And so with those units, um, they usually show up uh, ahead of the other ones because the availability is more. Okay. And the other thing, aside from search results, are the pictures. I mean, people want, to, people want to see what they're going to get. Got it. So if they don't have pictures, it's a stock image. But when you have pictures, it increases the chance that you get rid of them. Got it. So performance. So, is that, so what are the KPIs all the, that you're rated on, just so we can be clear about it? So it's it's obviously pictures is one thing, yeah. but in terms of performance, what are people rating you on? Like, Availability is okay. is key. You know, if if John tells me, for example, the guy we just talked about, if you tell me I'm going to upload a truck on Tuesday, a request comes in on Wednesday, but you have to decline it because it wasn't as ready. You know, I, I was planning on putting another tire on it, but I hadn't got around. Well, that goes against a declined reservation. Okay. So if your decline percentage starts getting down there or up there, I should say, and your approval percentage starts dropping, you know is your truck truly available? No, it's not available full time. So, you know, the more responsive you are on the app, you know, the more times your truck is actually being rented. And when, it, you know, Romans Hicks puts in a request, it gets rented. That helps things. Volume, you know, volume is king. I mean, if you have 10 trucks on there and you're sitting there just rapid firing them, you know, that's going to obviously put you as a premium or a preferred or a power user, just like, you know, Turo is. I mean, if you have 500 cars, they obviously don't want the guy with 500 cars going anywhere. So, <laughs> you know, and that guy's going to do a lot of volume and stuff like that. But 
And then honestly, it just goes to simple, just as basic as it sounds as Uber. You know, if your truck runs for a week and I turn it back in and it was clean, it did its job, there was no breakdowns, five stars, bingo, bingo. Yeah. You know, and so peer to peer rating. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. there's a lot of it's as simple as you think it could be. Yeah. And then a lot of it is kind of behind the scenes too. Like, you know, don't tell Coop you have a truck that's available 24 seven and then you've turned down five reservations because it was only really available Thursday through Monday, you know, 24 seven means 24 seven, 365. So just, you know, and that where the expectations, that's where the conversations we have with our owners. What do you, what do you mean by when you say you're dedicating the scoop? You're only dedicating on the weekends. That's fine. We just know we need to set some parameters around that. We need to shop this out because we do our shopping too. Like you're entrusting us with your equipment to get off the platform. Like to, we're, you're putting it on. My job is to get it off, you know? So I go to my users or my renters and say, all right, who's my weekend runners? Where do I have guys that are, you know, short term? May I only run Monday through Friday, turn it in, you know? So there's a lot of things that we, you know, it's not just set it and forget it and hope that it gets rented. Coop's actually pushing your product out. Like we're mixing and matching. You know, we talk to our owners. Are you, a, do you want to be transactional or do you want to be long-term? You know, you may say, listen, man, I don't care how this thing gets out. I don't care if I had 20, rentals and for 20 days, you know, or if I have one renter for 20 days, which one do you follow? You know, some guys are like, just keep it moving. I don't care how many times this thing comes back. As long as it keeps going back and forth and other guys want to be like, listen, just get it out. One guy for the next six months, I don't want to deal with it again, but I don't want to be getting into the whole, if he's bringing it back on Monday, but I got to pick up on Tuesday, but then I got to drop off on Thursday. But they got, you know, so it's all really how you want to play the game. I mean, again, it's a marketplace, so you can be as, hands-on as you can be, or you can be literally hands-off as you want to be. Got it. Are there any like rider-owned assets on there? Are they all like people in the marketplace that, that you there's, have? There's a few, but the percentage came down tremendously. Obviously, in the beginning, you, had to start you, you need supply, right? Yeah, you can't rent out what you don't have. But now the percentage is, is really not that much uh, at all, but there are some units on there. Okay. Yeah. What? Who, who has the appetite for this app the most? You see, is it larger carriers? Is it like the small guy with a couple trucks? Like, who do you? see? It ranges. Yeah, it ranges, and, and that's the fun part because um, we're talking a lot about the owner side. But I mean, obviously, the platform is there for the owners to make revenue. Yeah. But we're serving the trucking industry, right? And so the beauty of it is, if the renter gets approved it goes through a vetting process of course because it's it's very strict it's other people's equipment so we gotta you know make sure we know who's on the platform once they go through that it could be a small owner operator or it could be a national account like you mentioned uh, cbs amazon ups usps so there's a wide range of renters on the platform which is pretty cool it's not just the large accounts it's some owner operators that maybe their trucks in the shop um, the other even rider maybe doesn't have an option for him. Well, guess what? He didn't know, but John's logistics down the street has that truck that he's needing in order to run his business, even if it's temporary for a week, a month, six months. So there's a wide range of, uh, of renters that we serve, which is, which is cool. Okay. Let, let's talk about revenue, yeah. right? That's what everybody's probably like waiting to get to. Yeah. How much, how much <laughs> get money to the can point, I make guys. Get to the point. really sounds great, but how much money can I really yeah. make? So I guess let's start with uh, your typical uh, typical person renting out a truck. I, I don't know. Um, mid-range, you know, not too old use, but, you know, not too old, maybe three, four years old, something like that. Right. What do they stand to kind of make? for a rental and then kind of get into what does Coop take out of that? Sure. So about the economics of how everything works. Sure. 
Yeah, on um, I guess we could talk about trailers first. Yeah, so what trailers? Yeah. So once an owner lists is about to list his equipment in the platform, uh, the team actually just launched something called the Coop Smart Rate, which is based off of the model, the year, and the type of equipment, like you just said. But let's say the baseline is uh, $40 a day. Right. $40 a day is the baseline. Then there's mileage as well. The mileage is $0.04 cents a mile. That's standard. What can change is that daily rate. So someone can put 41, 42, 39, 38, or they can get aggressive with it. But 40 as a baseline, from there, Coop only makes money when the owner's making money. Okay. So there's no listing fee. There's no subscription or anything like that. But Coop only takes a 20% cut off of the daily rate. Okay. So from that $40, Coop will take $8. Okay. The owner pockets $32 a day plus the mileage on that. So like Romus was saying, on any given month, with all the, the Coop cut and everything already taken out, it could be about, let's say, $900 to $1,000 a month of passive income if it's rented out for the whole month for a drive van trailer. Okay. How do you how do you guys determine that forty dollars a day number? Where does that come from? So that's all data analytics and what we see that's going on in the market. In so, your individual market, or is this nationally like with just rentals period? Like where's this data aggregated from? Aggregated mainly from I mean riders the the key One source. Of the biggest, yeah. yeah. And now Coop has five years of data, but for example, a year was only Atlanta data. So we're using all the data we can. Usually two years to three years of data is, is where it becomes extremely valuable. But we're having to do, since we're nationwide, some markets are newer than others. So the 40 is just an average based off of across all markets and what rentals are able to get out. So we're basing it off of what's being able to be rented out that benefits the owner and the renter at the same time. Okay. So, Got it. What what have been some of the challenges in in growing this marketplace, and and I guess how you guys address address those challenges as they've arise. If we start on the owner side, I mean, yeah, let's let's let's, let's talk, talk both sides. Yeah, on, on the owner side, uh, the challenge, and Romus was talking about it earlier. I remember I lived in Houston when uh, when Uber came out, Uber and Lyft, and it, it was weird. I mean, it, it's a strange concept, right? You're getting in some stranger's car. And that's the ride sharing aspect. And then Airbnb came around. So from the owner side is getting them comfortable with the fact if it's a sleeper unit, say it's $150,000 piece of equipment, getting them comfortable with the fact of it being rented out to other companies. That's the thing. It's all business to business. Right. So you can't show up with an ID credit card and rent off a coupe. But getting the owner comfortable with the fact of truck sharing, peer-to-peer -peer sharing, that piece is a challenge because they've never heard about it before. I mean, they may already be doing it by renting it out to their buddies and stuff. So it's not that much different, but it's just the marketplace. So um, a, a, have been familiar with the concept. I say that's one of the biggest challenges. Mm -hmm. um, and to be straight up honest with you, it, it doesn't fit everybody. Okay. It doesn't fit every company. Some companies can't take, uh, can't take that chance of renting out the equipment if they have three pieces of equipment. They know they're going to need it two weeks from now. Do they want to rent it out for a week? Does it make sense for them? Maybe, maybe not. But getting them used to the concept of truck sharing, I would say that's one of the largest challenges. Okay, got you. Is this at all, is this any type of conflict of interest with rider rental? No. 
Not at all? No, not necessarily. So are there like rider rental vehicles on Coop as well? Because I mean, people, There's a few, people but... rent out vehicles from rider, right? Right. So could they save money by just going through Coop? Like is, there's nothing that's... I, I see what you're saying I'm, I'm for sure, but I think, I mean, since it's cooped by rider, there's not that conflict of interest. Right. And, and the great part is, I mean, we have a huge sales team. And so, um, we collaborate a lot with riders still. Okay. So we work with the different rider branches, uh, and we're very open about what's going on. And actually rider also calls us to help satisfy their customers through coops, uh, it could be your vehicle on coop. So rider sees this as a huge advantage as well because they have that account, but maybe it's a two week rental that they need. They don't want to lose that customer out of the rider family, obviously. Right. So it's more of a collaboration between coop and rider than any sort of conflict of interest. Okay. Has there been any challenges on the, uh, the not the owner side, but on the, the user side? Uh, where maybe there were some issues with the app or, you know, drop off locations or anything like that. Like what what has gone wrong? I'm sure, I'm sure it hasn't been perfect. No, no. It's not Tell me about yeah. some of that stuff that you guys yeah. had to fix. To Go for it. Upon. Yeah, I mean, in, any, in anything, there's obviously going to be, you know, for example, a rental. You know, I go to pick up your truck. You tell me that thing's ready to roll. You know, I go in there. Everything looks good. I don't know. Two hours down the road, AC stops low. All right. Act of God, it wasn't your fault. The AC was working when you turned it in, so you had no reason to suspect it was going to stop working two hours later. So me as a renter, if I'm a first-time renter, it's like, damn it, I knew I should have gone to Ryder. You know, like this, you know, that's your immediate thought was like, why am I renting his truck? I should have gone to Ryder. Well, Ryder didn't have a truck for one. Penske didn't have a truck for one. Hogan didn't have a truck for one. Are you allowed to say Penske as a Ryder? I mean, I I make sure, you know. (laughs) I think he'll he'll edit that out, right? Just put a a bleep. So, but you know, so... In that of itself, you know, and trucking is, you know, it's, you're on the move. Once you get in a truck, you got loads, you got a job to do. So sure, you know, rental breaks down, stuff like that. Um, you know, drop off to pick up location. Now I will tell you on that for, you know, our owners, if you tell me that this thing is going to be picked up in a McDonald's parking lot, then it's expected to be returned into a McDonald's parking lot. So like, you know, right. you, wherever we tell our owners, listen, Make sure that where you, you know, if you, this is the spot they pick it up, that's where they're required to drop it off. So if you start deviating pickup and drop off locations outside of Coop, we talked about renting outside of Coop. If you try to do it on your own, if you put your location at 123 Atlanta Boulevard and then you call the renter personally and say, hey, I want to pick it up over here. You can drop it off over here when you get back. But then they pick it up. Your, you know, specified location on the Coop website is 123 Atlanta Boulevard. Listen, you deviated something on your own, like, the renter did what, you know, and then it becomes a he said, she said. So we encourage our owners, what that location you list for the pickup, that's where they're returning. You don't deviate from that, you know? And so, because then you just get into he said, she said, well, his last truck, I was able to drop it off here, but this truck, he's telling me I can't. It's like, and then I have to tell the renter, sir, I, I'm sorry. Like this is where it was supposed to be dropped off. So, you know, stuff like that is pick up and drop offs. It's only too bad. I mean, really from a renter standpoint, it's no different than the owner concept. It's getting the renters, the idea of, just like Uber did back in the day. It's one, we hopped into yellow, you know, crown Victorias and didn't think anything of it because they had the word taxi written on the side. <laughs> but next thing you know, John drives up in his Tesla and I'm supposed to hop in the back and him let take me home from the airport. It was like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And why am I riding in a Tesla? But now you don't even think twice about it. You get on your phone right. and do, 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 like, all right, if I time this out, baggage claim, boom, I can be there. And you don't even think twice about it, hopping into some stranger's car. But, you know, think how long, it's not that long ago that if it didn't have the word taxi on it, you weren't, that would be considered weird, me hopping in the back of your car. That's very true. You know, so it's like, um, 
I mean, that's just the world we live in. Some owners, you know, trucking is an old school game, you know, so some, you know, r- drivers, their idea of renting a truck comes from, I go into Ryder. They tell me they have X amount of trucks. I rent one of those where this getting on a phone and picking out a truck that's over in Fulton industrial Boulevard, right down the street and John LLC transports on there. Like, you know, so it's a different thing. And, you know, Obviously, that's where our owners come in. We want to make sure to understand what they're getting into. You're providing a rental business. This is not just throw some hunk of junk on there that you're trying to scam the system and make a little extra money. Like you're trying to create a rental business and put your truck to work. So, but from a renter standpoint, sure, you know, there's always things that go wrong. I mean, I, you know, you can pick up a truck at Ryder and the windows stop rolling down 10 miles down the road, you know, so it just depends. But, you know, that's where, and I guess it goes back to earlier about competitors. I think that's where Coop has the biggest advantage over the competitive market because, you know, with Ryder, I mean, right now, if us three decided, you know what, screw Coop, we're going to go start this ourselves. Well, if a truck breaks out in Kentucky, they're calling us right. and we have to find, you know, Jim and John's truck and trailer repair at two in the morning to figure out who's going to be open, who's going to facilitate this. You can just call Ryder. So that's one of the biggest advantages that we have over a competitor that's starting from the ground up is, you know, there's more than just having a truck and rent it out. What are you going to do when something goes wrong with a breakdown, a general breakdown, you know, with our customers, they don't call John up and say, Hey, your truck, my, your, the truck you rented me broke down. No, they're calling Ryder. They're calling Coop and we're handling and all that. And so there's a lot that goes into it, but yeah, I mean, with renting, it's what you think can go wrong. will go wrong. It's just a matter of, you know, if you're open to understanding, like, listen, but this could happen in a rider truck, you know, it just, it just happened to the truck you're not used to, but a lot of most of our renters understand it's trucking and that's the name of the game. Blowers go out, windows stop rolling down, tires get bald, you know, stuff like that. Got it. So when that does happen, who's responsible and how does that like? So, for example, I pick up a truck, blower goes out, whatever, whatever happens. Yeah. Right? Am I calling back the, the renter and I'm saying, hey, you got to fix this. I'm on the road. I'm delivering a, a load. I'm in West Bubble, wherever, yeah. somewhere. I rented this truck from you. You got to take care of this for me. Who, who's who's the liability? Same thing with like a rider truck. If you rented a pure rider truck, John's truck, I'm the renter. Driving down the road, boom, tire blows out. That is on me, the renter. It's an unfortunate act of God, but that particular case, any tire blowouts fall on the renter. I reach out to Rider Roadside Service or Coop Roadside Service, whichever, however you want to say it. They send out a rider certified technician changing the tire on the spot, bingo, bango, you're on the way. And then Coop will handle the, you know, hey, John, just to let you know, the renter, the tire blew out, we replaced it, no harm, no foul. Now, I may be going down the road, hey, rider, air conditioner not working. You know, I, it's hot. I'm in Texas, it's 107 degrees. I can't be driving this truck. Send out a technician um, or take it to the nearest rider facility, wherever we can find the nearest vendor, whatever, and have that looked at. If it's a $2,000 repair and this thing ain't gonna get fixed for two weeks, John Transport, your your sleeper has gone down with air conditioning issues. It's going to come. It costs two thousand dollars to fix. We can have it done. It's let's say it's Monday or two Monday now. We can have this fixed by Wednesday. You good with that? John calls back. Coop, yeah, go ahead and have it fixed. You know, and then we talk to the renter. Do you want to wait till Wednesday to have this thing fixed, or do you want us to try to find you another truck in the meantime? You know, and then it goes back into the sub worlds of rider when you break down, you mm. you know stuff like that. Um, we try to tell, we try to encourage our renters to stay in that and do that for the ownership side. Because, for example, if the truck breaks down and a renter hops into a new truck, well, then it's on the owner, like to get that truck back home. Let's say I'm in Georgia and that truck's in Texas. 
I mean, unfortunately, it is an act of God, but that truck was going to break down whether John was driving it or whether a new renter was driving it. Yeah. So we reach out to John. This is what we're going to do, John. We're going to try to rent your truck in Texas, and which happens a lot, believe it or not. We're going to try to put a new renter in it, and we're going to tell the renter, this truck's got to come back to Atlanta. So, for example, this happened last week. We had a trailer that was um, down that uh, needed tires or what? I can't remember the exact reason why it was down in Florida. But it was in Florida. It belonged back up in Atlanta. So we told the renter, hey, when you get done using this trailer, it's got to come back to Atlanta. Or otherwise, you can't rent the trailer because that's what we're looking for. And we're like, all right, that's fine. He was like, all right, that's fine. I need a trailer for a week anyway. I've got to work up back up to Georgia anyway. Boom. And the trailer got dropped back to its original location, Georgia. So there's ways to get it back home, not at the owner's expense. Now, if it's in North Dakota, you know, (laughs) now we're in trouble. But like, you know, stuff like that. If it's in Texas, I mean, honestly, it's one renter goes into another truck. Let's say you got a hot load. You just cannot wait till Wednesday. Our job is to find you another truck from another owner in Texas, keep you on your way. And then I reach out to John. Hey, don't worry. We're going to put another renter in there. It's Texas. It's a hot market. And then we let that renter know. And basically, we just piece by piece it all the way back to Georgia. Wow. And believe it or not, I mean, it's it really is. not that hard. I know it sounds hard and crazy. And your right, listeners are probably right. like, absolutely not. You know, like. Well, you know, the thing is, is when you have thousands and thousands of pieces of equipment out there on the platform, it is probably not as hard as it does it, sound. Yeah, it, but it does sound crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not. I, I want to stress that it's not just <laughs> set it and forget it. Like, yeah, who's yeah. not going, John, put your truck on there, man. We got you. And then go, all right, he's good. Romans, put your truck, you know, we're not just like dumping you to the side. Like we're shopping you. Our job, Coop doesn't exist if your truck sits on our platform. The whole reason you're on Coop is because your truck was not being utilized. So it's got to be utilized on our platform. So we are not just sitting there hoping, going, please somebody rent this, please somebody rent this. We're actually actively shopping it to RILs. RIL needs 30 trailers. All right, I've got five in Atlanta. I've got four in Tennessee. I've got two in Duncan, South Carolina. i got three over in Alabama. And we're piecing them all together and getting them to an RIL Ross down in Florida and just basically taking every little piece that we can get and piecing them together because our job is to get your equipment off the platform. Like it, Coop doesn't exist if an owner gives me a sleeper and it just sits there. Sitting for you is sitting for me. What the why am I on Coop to begin with? Like I, you know, nobody my truck's still not moving. So that's the biggest thing that like our I try to stress to our owners, like, listen, we're shopping your units out. It's not just hope that somebody comes along and takes it. Got it. And my unit could pretty much end up anywhere, right? Um yes and no. I mean you can yeah, put it depends. We what do you call it? GPS, I'm going but bubbles on them, you nets, you know, where like I've got some owners that only deal in the southeast. You know, they have like their GPS netting. If that truck exits that certain area of 500 miles outside of Atlanta, they're loaded on their GPS, you know, whatever their tracking system is. Hey, this truck has left the nest, you know, and basically I reach out to the renter. Hey, you knew the rules. You cannot go past Louisiana. So you're allowed to set parameters. Correct. And then I have some that they don't care. They, the, cause the mileage costs, you make money on the mileage. So I have some, you know, on power equipment, uh, excuse me, tractors, box trucks, 26 foot box trucks, that's 12 cents per mile that goes 100% to the owner. So some owners I have, I don't care if they run the brakes off these things. Like every every mile is a 12 cents to me. So, I mean, if you've got a guy in a sleeper that runs 10,000 miles in a month, I mean, that's a decent chunk of miles. But that's, you know, that's 1200 bucks you just made off that mileage, not even counting your daily rate. You know, so it's all pick and choose how you want to play it. I mean, again, that goes back to the owner about the yeah. the challenges of owners is what is your ultimate goal? Are you are you a guy that says, I don't want to deal with anything. I just didn't want this thing running and I don't care how long it runs or how far it runs. And then you have others that are almost two hands on at times. They're like, they almost have like two tight. Well, I don't use it on Sunday. 
I, I mean, I just have to understand that the coop's probably not for you, man. I, I don't know that I'll ever have a renter that needs a truck from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. on a Sunday, <laughs> you know, and people call, believe it or not, that's a hot, you know, they have it for one day or maybe two at the most. And I just tell them straight up, I said, listen, the worst thing you can do or the best thing you do is throw it on coop. And if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, no offense, but it's sitting for you already. So what's the, what's the, no harm, no foul. If we can't move it on those two random days you give us, you're really, we're really not missing out much. But I do tell them up front, like, listen, but I can't promise you I'm going to find a renter that only wants it Monday and Tuesday and that's it. You know, so, but, but it's just, yeah, the owner um, has control still. So in terms of the price, in terms of it, if it can go out of state or not, and the owner can deny any reservation. So, once a reservation comes through, it's a re- reservation request. The owner is going to review it. How many days is it out? Who's renting it? What's their rating? How much am I going to make? Where is it going? They can approve or deny that reservation. Got you. And so you they still any, have complete any control. On your equipment that you want to, right? You can, it, on the pricing? Yeah, pricing. Yeah, you can. You can but there's a that's a struggle. That, like you talk about struggles. Owner, that's, we yeah. run into that sometimes. Like, I mean, you have some guys that don't understand the value of movement and it's like trust me we get some crazy numbers i mean you'll have a guy that'll list a 2015 sleeper or 2015 sleeper for 250 bucks a day and i have to tell him like john like nobody's going to rent this at that price like you you're in trucking you know that that's un, unimaginable to rent it you can't sustain your current you can't rent at that price and somebody rent it and it just sits there <laughs> it's like, it, it sits there and then they're like happen here in Atlanta yeah, yeah like you'll just get these insane numbers that. but you just and you have to remind the owner like or the yeah the owner like listen at that rate you're you're not solving your issue you came to us because your truck wasn't moving now you're trying to make five grand in one week you know so it's like you know trucking you know that 250 dollars a day is not sustainable with the cost of fuel the way it is and everything like that so we give the suggested price we give you the data that shows hey at these rates this is what moves. When you start getting above that, you know, you're allowed to, it's a free market. Yeah. You know, I can sell a pair of Jordans for a thousand dollars, but that mean anybody's going to buy them. You know, like same thing. You can put a truck at some crazy rate. Doesn't mean anybody's going to rent it. And that's where we step in at times and say, listen, you put it on here for a reason. All I'm doing is giving you my advice. These are the rates. Here's the data that supports it. I'm not just trying to make a buck and move your truck. Here's the data that supports it. And then from there, it's on you to make that decision. You know, it's, some guys stick to their guns, you know, like to me, those guys are the ones that are almost like, all right, something's going to go wrong with this. So if I'm going to do this, I better, hit, I better hit the payload. And <laughs> I tell, you know, and they're, they're like, I'll make $500 in two days. And that's like, I mean, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. the rates are probably a big, you know, and especially in this current market that we're in where everything's inflated, you know, right now trailers, it wasn't long ago that trailers were renting $20 a day. And that was considered like, that's up there now. $40 is like, 2008, 2012, it's a box on wheels. Give it to me, I'll take it. You know, so there's an ebbs and flows. You know, the closer we get to holiday season, you'll see the rates of trailers start climbing again. $50, $55, just crazy numbers. But that's where we have to remind those owners, hey, it's not November 12th, right, right before Christmas. It's, you know, March 13th with no holiday in sight. Like, we got to come back down to reality a little bit. Like, and so that's where we have to explain to our owners the ebbs and flows of seasonal trucking. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to charge the same thing you would on holiday season as you would in March because it just, that's not how it works, you know? Yeah. And a lot of, most people in the trucking and get it, but the other side of coop, the non-truckers that are buying assets just to make rental income, they're, they're not familiar with any seasons of trucking. They don't know that during Christmas time, trucking ramps up June, June 4th, June 3rd, June 2nd, like 
I mean, that's a slow time. That school is just getting out. Trucking slows down a little bit, you know. So that same rate you were getting in November is not the same rate you're going to get in June. And we have to explain to that, like, hey, it's not just us. Riders moving rates and adjusting rates. All trucking companies do that. So Where are these guys getting trailers from to buy to just invest and throw them in, typically? Uh, that, that's another free marketing <laughs> that we do. That Coop, we have trailer comp- trailer sales and all over the country that send us batches of units. Hey, I just got a shipment of 2018 Wabashes, you know, I got 10 of them, you know, we don't charge them anything for them. We tell our owners, Hey, I've got this list. You, you buy, you buy, you don't buy, you don't buy. We don't get into that world yeah. of buying. We never tell Connected. an owner like buy this or whatever. Yeah, we, yeah, sure. we basically say, here's a list of stuff we've received. It's on you to pick and choose. We are not responsible because you know, if I tell you to go buy a trailer and it turns out to be a dog and you're like, you're pissed at me now, not the guy that sold it to you. And it's like, no, this is just a list that we got. It's on you to go look at it, find it, do your due diligence. And then, but yeah, I mean, we, we offer these sales companies free marketing. It's free reach to our customer yeah. base and just say, hey, we've got investors, people that are looking to buy equipment, shoot us a list. And I tell my owner, hey, there's 10 out in Indiana and they're going to be gone within 48 hours. You got to make a decision, you know, because that's how fast these things go. When there's 10 on, there's 10 off within 72 hours. How do I become one of those guys that gets those lists? Um, you just reach out to Coop. We just have like a, I mean, we created like a, almost like a spreadsheet that auto emails that we just send it out to all our customer base. Okay. And Any prerequisites that just, if I want the list, now the, shoot it to me. Yeah. The, the main question is, do you own equipment or do you have to purchase equipment? So when someone fills out a form online, that's one of the main questions. Depending on that answer, it goes to a different team within okay. Coop. And so usually the need to purchase goes to uh, Romus, myself, and some others because that's considered more of an investment type situation. Obviously, you're investing in equipment um, other than if you already have equipment. So once we get that notification, we have the conversation, try to see what the strategy is, let you know what's going on in the market, how it all works. And then we can add you to those lists of equipment that's available. Um, I'm trying to help a guy out, entrepreneur, straight up entrepreneur, found out about Coop, I think on YouTube. Okay. And he's in Indianapolis. He wants to start off with one. He can ramp up to maybe five. He wants to start with one. Uh, Two months ago, we found 300 trailers for a guy out of Texas. Um, And recently, I found 25 trailers in Florida for a guy in Texas. Mm. So we just have that network. We know what your strategy is. And that's where we reach out to all the vendors that keep sending us lists so that you don't really have to call 20 of them. You tell me what your strategy is. I'll tell, define the list and give it to you. So it makes it a lot easier as we just help to search for the equipment. But like Romus was saying, I mean, once I found those 25 in Florida, asked if they were still available, they said yes. I called the investor and I said, hey, here's who you can call. Um, negotiate if you want. I don't know. Here's the contact. <laughs> right, right. And he did and he bought them. Okay. So we just put them in contact right? based off of the strategy, based off the numbers that they're looking at, based off the years that we recommend. Um, but that's how uh, someone who wants to get involved, that's how easy it is, is going online, saying you're interested. And then the question again is, have equipment, need to buy equipment. Has that portion of the business exploded? Like with the investors, is that a yeah. big part of your business? It's increased quite a bit. What, what percentage would you say of the marketplace would that be? Can, can we say the percentage maybe? Yeah. No? So I would say um, it's above 20%. Okay. Above that's, 20%. That's yeah. To have an idea, um, the management at Coop is close to Turo. 
if you're familiar with Turo, where yeah. you can rent out your own car and such. Yeah. Turo's supply base, 80% is passive investor um, assets. 80% of Turo. Yeah. And they have 200 and something thousand cars on there. Sure. So we know that there's a market for like this whole passive aspect of things. Um, Coop being five years old, one year being proof of concept, one, two years being proof of concept. It's still a very new concept, a new, like the Northeast is new for us as well. Yeah. There's other markets that are more developed. And so with that, um, depending on how they want to get started, we look to ramp that up quite a bit on the investor side. We call it investors because you're, you're buying equipment for a specific reason. Yeah. What's your, what's your current across the platform? What's your current utilization rate for all the equipment? It's about 85%. 85%? Yeah. 80 to 85% on average across all markets, yeah. all types of equipment. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So the guys who are that 15%, why are they typically not getting utilized? Yeah, we, we did this uh, analysis recently, actually, as the market so was. Perfect question. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you want to buy some trucks? <laughs> or, yeah, let's go. You got all the questions. Uh, so, um, no, we, we really did do that analysis recently because of the shift that's going on in the market and seeing what hasn't been moving on Coop. And honestly, a lot of it has to do with price. It does have to do with price. But then we deep dive to see, okay, it has a 15% utilization, but how many reservations have you declined? Mm. Why did you decline it? Was it not available? Were you on vacation? You didn't like the price? What was it? So there's a, on the surface, we could say price, but how many reservations have they denied? You know what I mean? So there's that aspect of deep diving and having that open conversation, direct conversation in order to get business going, obviously, because like Romans was saying, it's on, you listed it for a reason, right? And we're trying to help you make that revenue, but there's some parameters, some guidance that we want to provide. And so some of them say, okay, thanks for the call. Uh, I'll put whatever price I want still. That's fine, but we'll still monitor it. But if someone comes in and prices it better, has photos uploaded, um, the description's great because again, it's a marketplace. Just like if you sell something on Facebook marketplace, the title makes a difference. The pictures make a difference. What you write makes a difference. So we try to make the listing as great as possible. But again, it's the rental market. So price is a big factor. Got it. Is there any guidance around that when somebody's listing their equipment that like, kind of tells them what to do? So like step by step, so you'll know how you should present your equipment? Or is it kind of like just if you know, you know, and if you don't, you don't? No, no. So um we do demos and so we're still involved and that's probably why i was telling you with our competitors how many people they have in their company how much we have yeah. we've invested a lot in our staff and so with that we do demos and conduct demos and we can help even list the first equipments but we'll we'll send out um, a template as to how to list your equipment we do send that out but we like to be involved in case there's any questions right but i have a guy in um at the Texas, Oklahoma border that he was ready to go. He had some reefer trailers that were sitting. Uh, he went in on coop. Um, I found him through a referral actually, but he went in on coop, figured it out. And I was like, Hey, you want to schedule that demo? He goes, actually, I just listed it like five minutes ago. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm like, well, I didn't even get the ticket. Cause I get a ticket to review the listing. Right. Right. And, uh, but he was ready to go. Then we have other ones that want to have that demo how to list we give the pointers but the demo takes like no longer than 10 minutes okay so some grasp the concept super quick 
And then some need just a little bit more guidance and either way is fine, but we want to be as involved as possible. And that's why we have a huge sales team, customer support team that makes sure that that listing is, is where it needs to be for sure. Got it. Give me a success story. Somebody who started using Coop and has been able to generate, you know, a certain, you know, number or income. Give me, give me something that you put on a YouTube channel to kind of, Hey, this is, this is our star Coop yeah. user. Who, who would that be? You don't got to say a name, but yeah, we have, give a, me that story. I mean, we have a guy in Atlanta, um, at Alpharetta, Georgia that I think, I don't know if we were on camera or off camera when we were talking about it, but I mean, he saw the Coop, uh, ad come on. He's kind of one of those guys in the new world. He's investing in things, whatever. And he was in brokerage back in the day for a very short time. So he's, he knew about trucking, but he's never dealt in the trucking world. But he started with two 2012, 2013 dry vans that he had purchased out of Pennsylvania. Had we, we found two guys to rent them out of Pennsylvania, return them to Georgia. He's now built his fleet up to about, I think he's at 14 right now. And he rents them on average for about $40 a day at four cents a mile. So he's making $9.60 per trailer times 14. So let's just say that's 14K right there. Each trailer is running 8,000 miles a month at four cents. So that's 320. So do the math. That's almost 1200 bucks a month of 14 trailers. And the guy flips houses on the side, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, he's a base at Alpharetta, Georgia, and he's been running and he's looking to purchase more right now. The market's a little inflated, but he's got more trailers waiting to be delivered. So he's continually, his goal is to get to 25. That's his number. And then I, we're up front with our owners too. Like I've told him straight to his, you know, straight on the phone up to him, like, Hey bud, like once you get above 25, like, this starts getting above just yeah. passive income. Like you really are starting to run a rental fleet. So, you know, like, and then one day I'll, I'll never forget. He, he called me up and, you know, cause we've gotten close and he called me up and he's like, Hey, uh, I found this, uh, 2016 Peterbilt sleeper. And I was like, Mike, what, what are you doing? Like, we got a good thing going here with trailers. You're not a trucker. Like that's a totally different animal. Like, you know, that is not what we want to get into. Like, cause I'm not going to, Again, to our owners, we're not going. I'm not going to put him in a position where that's not what you started out on. This is not the process. Do, personally, would I love it? Yeah, it helps me. It helps my renter base. But for him, that's a whole other ball game. And the type of an investor he is, he is not wanting to get into the tractor world. Trailers, let's face it, they're a box on wheels. You know, outside of changing tires, keeping the brake lines, everything like that, there's really not much maintenance that goes into a trailer unless a corner cap gets clipped or something like that. And again, that could be on the renter. You know, so. When you start getting into power, unless you really know the game of trucking, you know the parts, and part shortage, all that. So, I mean, I was straight up, I was like, listen, that's just not for you right now. Let's just stick to the trailers. You're making sweet money on that. I would love to be making the money you're making on that, but we're barred from doing that kind of business. <laughs> you know, we have a non-compete. Yeah, we can't even get in our own program. But, um, I mean, he's a big success story. And then, like I said, we've got others. I've got a company, a leasing company out of... Uh, you know, South Carolina that strictly did reefer trailers. They, that's all they do in their real business. you know, they're a leasing company of reefer trailers. I knew the other uh, guy, I knew one of the guys that I was working with, he was helping me find trailers for, he was using Coop to rent out reefer trailers in this market. And then we just started talking about, have you ever decided to explore other aspects of the trucking world besides just reefer trailers? And then next thing you know, now he's buying box truck, 26 foot box trucks to list on Coop that it's almost separate. Like they do their own rental and leasing reefer company. That's their million dollar company that they do. But now he runs a whole nother division of just straight box trucks that are only on Coop. You don't, you can't even go to their actual business and rent the box trucks. If you want to rent a box truck, then you have to go through Coop and they keep that whole entity separate. So now they've got a whole rental division of 26. I think he's up to probably 35, 26 foot box trucks that he's running just strictly on Coop. And he's making hand over fist too. I mean, those are running it. 
$130 a day. 80% of that is, what is that, 105, 104-ish, put a one of 12 cents a mile on that. So now you're doing one box trucks, you know, 30 days, that's three grand plus yeah. another thousand miles, four grand a box truck, you know, so. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say one out of Dallas. He's uh, through another referral. He was a moving company, but he had five box trucks and someone put him in contact with us. We had the conversation, like I was saying about how does it work? Why should I do this and such? And I found out he was one. And I like to find out why. Why are you interested as well? Right. He was wanting to get out of the moving business. He was just done with it. He was looking at other stuff. He said, okay, I'll give you two. Start off. He brought two. We got those rented out. He said, okay, I'll give you one more. He put three on now. So now he's making about 9000 a month. Passive. I won't say sitting at home because he has other work going on. But he's not actively moving loads, dealing with uh, drivers or dealing with anything like that. And he's making, you put it at, it does well throughout the year. He could be making... You know, ninety thousand a year by renting out a truck yeah. via Coop, and 100%. so there's uh, there's examples of um, one truck, there's example of three trucks, and there's examples of fifty tractors that they made half a million in nine months. So it could be small and it could be large at the same time. Man, I think that's all the audience needs to know. Man, mm-hmm. I think that sounds great. It sounds like a great opportunity. Yeah, um, being able to leverage Riders Network. Uh, being able to uh, leverage your unutilized assets to make some additional income, yeah. pretty much no brainer. You sign up for free, no yeah. no no costs, no commitment, no either. crazy commitments, no, no commitment at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you decide to put a truck on, and two weeks later you say, "Hey, man, I love the program. It's just not for me." Hey, I wish you all the best. Give me any feedback you got before you go, and then you know, good luck with your trucking career. You know, yeah. so there's no commitment to it. You know, anything like that. Got it. Man, sounds like a great opportunity. So um, I, I think you guys got to check out Coop. Is there anything that I didn't ask about the the, the platform, about the marketplace that you want to share that maybe I didn't, I didn't grab that? Um, he mentioned it a little bit, but I always love clarifying because we use the Airbnb analogy quite a bit, but that's just to keep it simple. But the difference with ours in terms of any passive income type of opportunities is that we generate demand two ways. The platform does what it does. Um, Coop's marketing invests a lot in uh, Google, billboards, radio, Facebook, YouTube, everything. So the platform does what it does. But at the same time, we have a complete sales team that brings you deals as well. So Roman's touched on that a little bit. But it's not a matter of, hey, list your equipment. Best of luck to you. Let me know if you have any questions. We have local sales reps across nationwide that are also trying to get your units out. And so that's another advantage that we've been seeing um, because the platform is going to do well. But you you as an owner have an entire sales force working for you. That's huge. So that's a piece that I like people to understand because, yeah, we're a platform that connects fleet owners with renters. Sure, the platform. But there's a sales team behind it as well. Right. Which you don't find with the Airbnb. Or no, they're not going to call you and say, hey, I got you a year deal right. this much. Right. And it's UPS. Yeah. Are you interested? They, they need uh, they need corporate housing. Right. Uh, Airbnb doesn't do that. Or uh, I don't know if we're, I'm saying all these uh, other. There's Outdoorsy as well. Yeah. But from my understanding, Outdoorsy, you rent your RV equipment. Right. But they encourage you to do your own marketing. Gotcha. So gotcha. we're we're literally letting the owner set up a rental business, but we're doing all the marketing. We're doing the demand generation. 
you literally set up your bank account and it gets deposited. So we're running that whole aspect for you while you make decisions. But I always like letting people know I think it's helpful of how the demand is generated. I think it's very important as well. Got it. And one more thing that you just now um, I thought about when you said that payments. Yeah. How, how are payments taken care of? How, how, are you, how do you set up on a platform? Talk about payments. Yeah. So that's quick as well. You literally set up your bank account. All the payments are processed through Stripe. And if it's a res- reservation under 30 days, you get paid once the vehicle's returned and you approve of the return. Everything looks good. Hey, Coop, it's good. Um, I'm going to close this reservation now. You get paid. Over 30 days, longer term rentals, you get paid every 30 days until the equipment's returned. Okay, got you. So, so either monthly okay. on longer term or when it's returned under 30 days. Okay, got yeah. it. And then that your, the 20% fee is taken out of that payment? Everything's calculated. It's all calculated in there? Yeah, it's all calculated ahead of time as well. So you know exactly how much you expect to make, except for the mileage. The mileage, of course, paying for GPS or hubs, we got to calculate that for you. But other than that, you have an idea on how much you're going to be making even before it even goes out. Okay. Right. And it's literally deposited in your bank account. So Yeah. Awesome, man. Sounds like a great, yeah. like I said, great opportunity. I love it. You got Ryder behind it. You yeah. know, the biggest, one of the biggest out there. You can't go wrong with that. Um, I definitely implore you guys to check out Coop. Check out this opportunity. Um, as we customarily close out, we always want to let everybody know where they connect with you guys. Yeah, learn of course. more about Coop and learn more about you guys individually. Yeah. Um, and also, we want to close out with a final, uh, final thought. So that's okay. something that's entrepreneurial, spiritual. If you want to say something to motivate our owner operators out there to get them to use Coop, whatever that may be, um, and then we'll close out the show. So let's start with where they can connect with Coop sure. and learn more about the platform. Start with that. Yeah, so Coop.com, C-O-O-P.com. Okay. That's where you can base off of. And then there's the app in the app store as well. Got it. And that's a mobile, mobile app? Yeah, mobile app. And Android? Yep. yep. All right, yep. perfect. And then some final thoughts. Leave us, leave us with some parting words. So it's truck and hustle. So it obviously you got, you got hustlers listening here. Yes. Right? So um, even though there's all these fluctuations in the market, there's always creative ways to make revenue. And so on the hustle piece, this is a platform to where literally it gives you that side hustle or a full hustle to take advantage of the rental market space. Mm-hmm. So we're here. I love that. That's powerful. Hustle fam, if you can't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know what we do around this town. If you smell something burn, it's only your desire, myself, the guys from Coop. We are out. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.